0: To the Broken Arrow, a traditional bow hunting podcast with your hosts Schaefer Magnet and Chris Seacole. Brought to you by Black Widow Bows with addictive archery, safari tough, and great northern quivers.
1: Hey, guys, are prepared to be underwhelmed we're out in my garage
2: i'm digging the motorcycle in the back
1: yeah that's my pan america and we're sitting underneath an electric ride
2: oh beautiful
1: yeah i built a lift table a few years back and i find every excuse i can to work on it because i love my lift (laughs) (laughs) table.
2: that is that is a mechanic at heart right there
1: that's right i told you it's been 20 years since I technically was a mechanic, but I still identify as one. That's why my pronouns are F-O and F-U. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. oh, that's great. And that'll be the start of the podcast right there. There Here you
1: we go. go. Hi, Earl. I'm Chris. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Nice to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you, too. I missed you at Etor. I, I met Schaefer. Uh, my wife, Kip, and I were at the um, PBS booth. And uh I met Schaefer and he said you were back there, but somebody came up to sign up. And yeah, since I'm a competitive person at heart, I couldn't miss a number. We you had to know. try we had to try to rack our numbers up.
2: More more members is good. Absolutely. Yeah. Never a bad thing.
1: Yeah. We did pretty good. It was quite a bit of really good people there. Uh Schaefer, your dad was there. I talked to him for a while.
2: I feel sorry I, for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, not nah, like I'm
2: another. sure. I'm sure he was enjoying your last name a lot, being a Steelers fan. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: yeah. I had uh, I had another cousin who played for the Steelers back in the seventies. He was a yeah. cousin by marriage, but he was uh, Jack Delaplane. But no, I'm kidding. like the least sports fan ever <laughs> in the history of Earth. <laughs> um, I've recently. Saw a few things of rugby. I thought, no, that would be an interesting game. I might watch that sometime. Yeah, those guys <laughs> get beating each other. Yeah, they're brutal.
0: Oh, I yeah. Love. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, pretty much for me, it's got to be uh, pretty much something's got to die for it to be an interesting game for me. Not That's not true. I just like to hunt. The I'm chase. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't really feel the need to kill anything. Uh, I I used to. uh, I have. I mean, I want to, but I just enjoy going out there now. Yeah, I'm pretty much in my glory. So beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say before we get too far, we we could probably roll into it. Like I was saying earlier, it's pretty relaxed and just uh, (laughs) BS campfire type conversation already so we should all be excellent at that with our practice at etars over the years right and uh yeah so pretty pretty easy and then uh some of the like the conversation we had on the phone earlier earl would have been perfect that is our type of stuff
1: is that right (laughs)
2: yeah uh
1: I, i don't do planned conversations very well
2: nah no, they, they never sound right
1: that's Not that's awesome, hard-ass kind of guy so yeah yep. i don't
2: think we've ever gone into one of these with notes never it's just never seat of the pants and solid. if we remember to ask our typical questions we do yeah solid bs <laughs> session that's about yeah. it
1: there you go that should, yeah. be, our
2: t- that should be our slogan
1: <laughs> i listened to uh one of your prior podcasts i drive a lot from my job and um uh, I heard Chris talking about the Flintlocks. I sent him a picture. I don't know. Oh yeah. If he thought it was a some pervert Snapchatting them or something like that. But <laughs>
0: that was yeah. did you build that one?
1: No, that was uh Ron Luckinville. Okay. I built two of them. I have a smooth I have a 62 caliber flintlock smoothbore. Yep. And I have a, a 50 caliber uh right long rifle. Oh, you I shoot left handed and uh, we did mountain man rendezvous for years. I, I was a fanatical bow hunter through the 90s. I started bow hunting probably right about 1990.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I was an engine mechanic for Cummins Engine Company. And I spent every day since I was one of the youngest guys, I torqued head bolts, torqued main bearings, and I could break a bow in half. And I ended up with a 100 pound plus compound. And it was fun for a little while, but I just couldn't care less about it. I mean, it was just, like, big deal, you know? Yeah. And then I rebuilt a Volkswagen diesel engine for a guy who built bows. He built long bows. He said, I can build you a bow out of anything. I said, okay. He didn't have any money to pay me for rebuilding this engine. So I said, okay. He said, what do you want to build out of? I said, well, what's the options? He said, any wood you have. I said, in the bed of my truck, there's a fence post that I pulled (laughs) out of the today. I said, I want one out of that. He looked, he said, that thing's completely rotten. I said, you chirp, buddy. I want one out of that. (laughs) He got a three inch section out of the center that was black locust. And he built me a bow out of it. And, uh, and I just fell in love with that thing. I just, uh, I've hunted deer, rabbits, pheasants, uh, squirrels, groundhogs, uh, probably got I never was one to keep track. I, I mean, I, I never was, uh, I don't know. I just kind of did it. You know what I mean? I never, I never really wanted to keep score or anything like that. And, uh, but I, I probably in the vicinity of 50 deer with that deer with that bow. Wow. And, um, overall, well, it took a few years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Whiskers are white for a reason.
0: <laughs> is that, is that, is that bow still
1: kicking? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And, um, is it laminated
0: or is it self bow?
1: Oh, no, it's laminated. Okay, it's laminated. okay, cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I could get it off the wall over there. It's got one of the original Great Northern strap-on quivers on it. Perfect. Uh, you were talking about retiring arrows, and I always shot wood. I don't know if you can see them. Oh, yeah. Old Zwicky Deltas. Yep. I, I never killed a deer that the arrow didn't break. Uh, really? I shot. Never have. I well, that's not true. I shot some uh, Raymond wood. Okay. And I uh I used these uh Grizzly one sixties and uh they never broke. Uh, they never broke. Those woods, those were like 750 grain arrows. Uh, off of, I shot a 65-pound zipper recurve. Oh nice. And that thing was a rifle. I sold it like a dumbass. I can't believe it. I sold flash. <laughs> Because I, it was just such a beautiful bow. And this guy put an ad on Facebook, like traditional archery page, that He was looking for one. I thought, you know what? It's just sitting on a shelf. I hate to waste things, you know? Yeah. And I have since gotten over that. I'm perfectly willing to waste things now. It's like I've been kicking myself for selling that because the- Kip, Kip and I, uh, we're going hunting in Africa next year. And I found out what it cost to fly a full-length bow over there. And I wish I had my three-piece recurve back, but. I really am not a big fan of recurves. I like I like them, but I just much prefer a longbow. And uh so, but at any rate, that's neither here nor there. So it was an excuse to get a couple more bows.
0: <laughs> Excellent.
1: I'm friends, I'm real good friends with Keg and McCabe. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Omega longbows.
0: Sure, yeah. Absolutely. He's a he's a Pennsylvania
1: guy, right? He is, he is. He lives very local to me. We're members of the same sportsman's club. Where where are you at? I am from Newcastle, Pennsylvania.
2: Oh, okay. All right. I feel like before we get too much farther, this is already great stuff. We should probably ask you who you are.
1: (laughs) Oh, real Coward. Just Joe run of the mill bow hunter. Nothing extraordinary. Uh, That's our sweet
2: spot. Yes.
1: Yeah. Very, very recent member. I just joined a PBS in, um, in January at, uh, we joined at, uh, Kalamazoo, um, I never listened to a podcast in my life. And then last year at ATAR, uh, we were shooting with Keg and Ananica And we met uh, Dalton Lewis. Okay. He seemed like a fellow, you know, I was talking to him. I talked to his father. and I liked his father real well. And uh, I heard them, Like I'd never even been interested in listening to a podcast. So I listened to him, and I liked those guys real well. And then um, I heard them talking about PBS. And then we were up at uh, Kalamazoo, and I met Ethan Roderick. And he's a class act. He's a real nice guy. Oh yes. And yeah. he was talking to us about it. And Harmony was there. And Harmony and Kip met up. And Buddy, we're done. They're <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> you know. And uh, I kicked myself for not joining 30 years ago. Oh yeah. But to be honest, I was I was approached about joining from a friend of mine probably in about 92 or 93. And I met another guy. Not I, I don't like badmouth people, but he's a very very famous professional bow hunter. And I just I I don't like people. I don't like chest thumpers. I don't I don't want if if it's you're just all about look at me, I lose interest in you really quick. I mean this isn't about self aggrandizement. You know, this is just, just a sport that I love and, and I hate to see people I I think it just cheapens it for everybody and it promotes yeah. poor behavior and I just don't like it. So I Agreed. thought that I heard professional bow hunter and I thought that's what it meant. So we signed up. Kip and I signed up and we, uh, we went to Tim Denial's odd year gathering in Northwest Pennsylvania. And there's another class act. Tim Denial's just a, this an absolute top shelf guy. And, uh, I, I got on the PBS Facebook page the day I signed up and I said, I have never hunted hogs down South and I would really like to do that. And I would be willing to get, I got 20 phone calls in about 45 minutes. Hey, we're going. You want to go with us? We can swing by and pick you up. And I'm like, I don't know any of these guys. And I,
2: <laughs> that so is definitely I, the community right there.
1: Oh my god, nice people. And yes. we've since bumped also just because anybody that doesn't think Mike Mitten's a badass after he picked those two deer up on that <laughs> Primal Dreams video, but he to talk to you. That was just that was epic. You know? Yeah. Yes, he's awesome. Who, and it's uh, another every, really nice yeah. group of people.
2: Yeah, every time I ask somebody if they don't know who Mike Mitten is, that's literally the photo I send them. Oh, my. This, this is Mike it's, Mitten just casually.
1: <laughs> yeah, picks up 600 pounds of trophy whitetail. Yeah. yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a class act if you he talk. Is. he's a totally nice guy. Yep. So, there's,
0: a, there's a lot of those people in the sport. Just, oh, I, I, it, it's full of them.
1: I met I met Fred Asbel. I, I don't know when year it was probably about 1991 or two. Talked to him for a while, and he remembered my name every time I met him.
0: That's impressive.
1: Um, I don't want to. And again, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm trashing anybody because this is not meant that way. But I was at Etor, and I shoot left-handed. I'm a right-handed guy, but I shoot left-handed. Okay. And I was talking to. um, uh, Uh, Jerry Brum and Rick Shepard at Great Northern, and I was right next to Ken Beck, and uh, I signed in like a data sheet, you know, sign in or something, and I signed in. He goes, you you signed in right-handed. I said, yeah. He goes, I see you're holding a left-handed longbow. I said, yes, I am. He goes, you know what that means, don't you? And I said, no. What's that? He goes, that means you're cross-dominant. Did you realize you were cross-dominant? I says, well, yeah, but I usually dress like a boy in public, so I don't get in so some- much. <laughs> and then Jerry about died laughing
2: oh.
1: and looked mad. I mean, he just turned his head. He's like he was done talking to that butthole, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm,
1: I'm sorry. It was just a joke, you know. <laughs> the tough things I do that some people like it and some people don't.
2: <laughs> I'm sure he's forgiven you by now.
1: I'm sure. I, you know. But, oh, uh,
2: that's too I'm good.
1: Off, kind of bad sometimes. I tend to answer with your mom way more often than I should.
2: It's appropriate answer. It's yeah, sound, sounds <laughs> like you worked in the mechanic field for a while. Which is, oh
3: yeah,
1: yeah, yep. I worked there quite a while. Like I said, still identify. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. that's oh, that's like, too good. I just uh, I just do my thing, and we have a good time. But So I, I was a fanatical bow hunter all through the 90s. I ate, slept, and drank shooting my bow. Uh, a couple of my buddies and I, we made these cardboard discs, and we practiced throwing uh, discs in the air for days and days, and we went to one of the pheasant preserves. And that was a huge letdown because we thought, well, we're not going to have any luck here. This is going to be really tough. And uh, the cardboard discs were 10 times harder than the pheasants. We, we only paid... 12 birds because we thought we'd never get them and we were done in about 35 40 minutes we're like oh my god it's awesome we we weren't allowed to use a the dog the guy with the farm wouldn't let us use a dog with arrows and i understand that yeah you know i yeah. wouldn't want to either but we went out there and all three of us it was like one shot one it was it was it was ridiculously easy it was almost a bear i felt like i was killing chickens <laughs> do to hear a good chicken story absolutely, absolutely. live on a farm and uh i bought a uh i called jerry brum and i said hey my youngest son likes bows i want to get a little critter bow for him he said oh that's great that's great i said uh you know can you how soon can you send me one he goes well we don't have any in stock he says uh when's his birthday i said thursday he goes you asshole this is tuesday (laughs) i thought you had him in stock and uh sorry for the language, Aaron. No, you could you
2: could.
1: And uh he goes, uh he said, I don't have any in stock. He said, you know, I'll I'll see what I can do. And they had one to me on Thursday morning on his birthday. No they way. It, it had to have next day, aired it, you know. And it's a, just a little critter, like a 15 pound, you know. We had these chickens called barred rock. Mean as hell, couldn't keep them in the pen. Just nothing good about them. And Danny was shooting his bow and his buddy come down. And I, you know, daddy, can you put this? He was like six or seven years old. Can you bring the bow in the house? Sure, I can. And my friend looked at the bow and he said, that is such a cool little bow. It's a shame you couldn't really kill anything with it. <laughs> I'm like, don't underestimate a bow, buddy. And I saw one of those chickens and I just totally, you know, never expected to hit anything. I had these little 24 inch, uh, Quarter-inch wooden dowels with nice field tips, you know, and I drew back and shot and I I nailed that thing. I'm like, oh man, I I was, I almost dropped the bow. I mean, it was a total fluke. So I just kind of laughed and I threw the chicken over the hill and we're laughing. Ha, ha, ha. You know, big funny. So the next day I come home from work and I drive around the barn ramp in the driveway and there's Danny out there kind of hunkered down behind a tree and I see him loose an arrow and I see feathers. I'm like, Danny, what are you doing? He said, I'm hunting chickens. I said, well, I see that. Looks like you got one. He goes, One, look around. <laughs> he killed 25 chickens over the period of the day.
3: Uh,
1: uh, you better go tell mom to start boiling some water. Oh, he goes, One, got to pluck these chickens. He said, Can't we just throw them over the hill? I went, Oh, did you see daddy yesterday? He goes, Yep. <laughs> uh oh. Dad, daddy was bad, son. You know, we had this, <laughs> we spent the whole night cleaning chickens. It was awesome. Oh
3: that's, oh that's too that's good pretty,
1: yeah i, I got a kick out of it so i told jerry that story and he's just like oh i'm so glad i sent you that he probably doesn't remember now but yeah
0: <laughs> oh that's yeah. awesome is he still hunting my is son still, yeah is he still shooting
1: a bow no nah, not too much he comes down uh tip and i are on the board of directors of lawrence county sportsman in uh outside of newcastle and we just it's a shotgun it's a sporting place club
0: yeah that's how ours is too
1: but I put a uh, archery. I call it the bow hunter trail because I am not interested in scoring your target, and I am not interested in what you think you scored on your target. So we just have a trail. You pay a couple bucks, and you can just walk the trail. we get got 30 targets out. Beautiful. And uh, we get together as a group of us, uh, like say the McCabes, uh, Kagan and Annika come down and a couple of their relatives and friends and a couple other people that have joined us. And, yeah, we, call, we start calling it the twang gang. Team Omega, because most people are Omega bows, and uh, Kagan usually makes us all look like monkeys. He's he's pretty much a sniper. He's he's pretty darn good shot. But um, yeah, we get together. Dan's come down a few times with us, but he's mostly a shotgunner now. He left. He joined the Marines, to got out of the Marines, and joined the Army, and he's in the National Guard now. You know, and he's he's home, but he he just mostly is a shotgunner, waterfowl hunter now. Nice, I hear that's addicting that's it seems to be yeah yeah
0: that that seems to uh take people's lives over dogs, decoys, all that other stuff,
1: right, yeah, he got yeah. a really good, uh yellow lab down in Mississippi and down at sporting life kennels he got a lab, and that dog is he hunts pheasants and stuff tremendously, I mean he's a really good dog so mm-hmm. it's it's addicting
0: i you know I've only hunted with beagles when we hunt for rabbits. But
1: yeah, I, I really I like, like
0: the idea. The concept's cool. What's yeah,
1: that? Be- I said anybody that doesn't like beagles, I'm not interested in talking to. Oh
0: man, there was there was one. He was a, such an asshole. His name was Emmett, and he was he Are was the, talking
2: about the owner or the dog? oh no, the dog. He, okay, he, <laughs> he was he was old
0: then. He was probably twelve when we were hunting with him. We got my buddy got him when he was probably like eleven, and this dog could hunt. He could he could flush rabbits like you wouldn't believe. It was great, but if he got on a deer trail. You spent the rest of your day chasing after him because he was he was such an ass. He'd just take off like miles.
1: Yeah. Oh, it yeah. sucked.
0: But yeah, boy, they're... he pushed rabbits.
1: The guy that built my uh, yellow bow locust bow, I call it Old Yeller. He uh, he got a surprise divorce when he came home from an elk hunt one time. So he went total redneck, and he he left. He had a male and female beagle, and he just let them breed. And they had about a fifty acre field next to his house. We called the rabbit tat. For some reason, coyotes and hawks and stuff left it alone and it was lousy with rabbits. He ended up with 30 beagles. And oh we my. went called it the choir. We went hunting with 30 beagles. And by the end of the day, we'd killed about half nah, I forget. We got like three or four rabbits apiece, but we must have shot seven hundred arrows each. I mean, it that's the hardest shooting on oh, earth yeah. is a with a bow. But uh, yeah, you haven't lived until you've hunted with thirty beagles at one time. Our face hurt for days from laughing. It's just—it's just like Benny Hill.
0: They are—they're funny dogs. Yeah. When you get a good one, oh my goodness, look out!
1: Yeah, yeah, they're epic. So I heard you ask about first traditional kill. I was—that
2: was literally going to be my next question.
1: (laughs) Uh, My first traditional kill. Was this absolutely massive, just enormous, huge? Probably weighed close to thirty-five pound doe. Uh, I hunted. I was probably twenty-seven feet up, and these two deer come in, and they look like specks. <laughs> and I, I had a sixty-five pound recurve. It wouldn't. I had uh, Douglas fir arrows from uh, a guy in uh, Florence, Montana. Uh, double eagle archery made beautiful, beautiful arrows and, uh, and with his wicky broadhead and, uh, deer come in and stopped and I just laced it. I thought, like, man, it, it was probably only five yards from the tree. You know, it was further up than it was out. I was you know? about
2: to say that must've been one steep angle.
1: Yeah. 20 yards shot. That 65 pound bow had enough meat to get it through that 35 pound deer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It was a surprisingly short blood trail, and uh I was so proud of that deer. I can't even tell you. I, I just, I just absolutely was so happy that I shot that deer. I brought it home and I hung it up on the off the porch post, and my dad came out and just about died laughing. He goes, "Really, <laughs> really?" I'm like, "But I did it with that, you know." And it, he just didn't see the he didn't see the sense in it at all. He goes all right you know that was the end of that but i still i was very proud of it and then once i killed one i just started annihilating them i started bags and it's that first one's tough and after the first one it gets a lot easier
2: you know how long did it take you to get the first
1: uh it was the first year with a recurve i got out it was perfect season where where we live the deer numbers are not very good uh we on occasion shoot some pretty nice ones but uh like you won't see a deer every day here i mean hopefully but not usually i mean and then you'll see two or three on a good day if I'm you're familiar
2: lucky. with this concept
1: yeah are
0: are are you in the area where it's a four and on one side rule
1: yes okay. yeah yeah i got one um,
0: are you getting good bucks out there
1: i wish i could show you a picture of my son my son the same one that so he shot the check it's his first buck now this was a rifle kill hmm 24 and three-quarter inch spread 10 point wow it was enormous did have a mean, lot
0: of good good amount of mass to it too
1: oh yeah yeah it was big Damn. i got uh, i've gotten a couple nice ones i don't know if you can see this guy over here make you nauseous it's here moving the camera that's okay Doing good you see that guy oh yeah very nice that's the probably the second from the biggest that i've i've gotten I got one that's actually probably not quite physically as large, but a much nicer rack. I got here's here's bows over there. I shoot pretty much every one of them every night.
3: Yep, beautiful. I shoot
1: pretty much every one of them every night. For if you can see them on the wall oh, there. Yeah. But uh yeah, I'm an addict. I, I shoot um, probably a hundred arrows every night, at least. That sounds familiar. And um, But I got to shoot 10 different bows. Um, like I said, Kagan's bows are probably my go-to. But I have a a Tolky Whistler I like. And I have a Great Northern Bush bow that I like real well. Excellent. I have a four uh, 64, six SS-64. I bought an Etar last year. And I liked it. I killed two deer with it. I killed a nice eight point. Um, he walked by about Thirty yards away from my tree stand, and I just wouldn't. Nah, I don't want to take that shot. And he went out of the woods, and there's a strip mine. So I waited till he we went out, and I climbed down because I'm a dumbass, and uh, I just kind of snuck up on him. I it, I had the real good wind, couldn't beat the wind, and it took me about an hour, and I got up where I was about probably 11 yards away from him and whacked him, and that was awesome. It wasn't anything huge. He was probably a 14 inch eight point, but I just, I just was like my heart was in my throat the whole time, you know. Yeah, it was all beautiful. I I went so I, as in the 90s when I was a mechanic, and I, my camo was a polyester Cummins work uniform most of the time, <laughs> freaking at diesel fuel, and they never, it never bothered them deer.
2: That probably bothered me more than the deer.
1: Ugh. Yeah. I think it's that uh, it's a farming area, and I think the smell of diesel fuel doesn't turn them off. That's probably a good cover scent in all reality. Used, in
0: used to it, yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, so in 2001, uh, to prevent myself going to jail where I was working because I was just fed up with everybody, uh, I went to work at a power plant, and I worked there up until 20... 19 the end of 2019 uh, we closed the plant down In a coal-fired power plant and uh but there i worked outages every fall I'd, I'd work seven 12-hour shifts or seven 16-hour shifts from september through thanksgiving and uh you know with my wife not working i pretty much it was you know on me that's what i just did what i had to do and yeah much as i hated that i couldn't go hunting you know i, I would slip out in rifle season rifle hunting is a big family thing you know for us first day you know rifle season in pennsylvania is a religion yep and um, uh, so i would go out and i shot a bunch of deer with a rifle too but it's it's always fun but it's fun because it's a family thing it's like it never really felt like you were doing much it's a group hunt yeah exactly yep. and then I, yeah. we did quite a bit of flintlock hunting and i yep. uh, really like that too But uh, in 2019, we closed the power plant, and I was a supervisor in operations, and I was really down about that because a lot of people, while the company was good, they gave everybody another job, pretty much everybody another job making the same money somewhere else in the company. That was pretty decent of them. That's awesome. Yeah. It's unusual today, you know. It is. um, I was a little bit, I was moping about it a little bit. Like I said, I'm very fortunate in my choice of wife. I couldn't have done any better. And Kip goes, you know, you have archery season back. Oh my God, I couldn't believe it. And I just like, <laughs> that cheered me right back up. So I grabbed old yeller. I went up in the hayloft. It, it was, this was in archery season. And I I grabbed one of my old arrows with the Zwicky on it. And uh, actually, I think I had a Magnus one, the old inch and a half wide Magnus ones. Yeah.
2: Those heads should still be around. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I still have about probably two or three dozen brand new ones here.
2: Oh, beautiful. I,
1: I paid $0.06 cents a piece for them on eBay. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wow. paid $3.60 for like six dozen back oh. in 2007. They couldn't sell them. They, they relisted them like four times. That's and wild. Finally, no no reserve, and I was the only one to bid on it. It cost me more to ship them. Yeah. So anyway, I I had a couple errors with them when I went up in the hayloft and I shot my deer target and buddy, I was right on the money. So I went to a local cornfield up the road here, and uh, I told Kip, I said I'm just going to go scout. I won't see anything tonight, but I'm going to try to figure out where they're running. And I walked back this corner. There's like there's like a corner of clear cut woods, and this acre it's 120 acre field. And there's about 40 acres of uh, woods that are just clear-cut. You couldn't push a rabbit through there. It's so thick. And I was going to go on a corner to watch and scout for deer. And uh, I got halfway back. And you know how you ever get that feeling like, it's Bucky. It's Bucky here, man. There's something oh, yeah. I just bought. And I, and I stepped back. And I stood there, stock still, for an hour and a half. I'm thinking, what a dumbass. I didn't learn anything. I didn't see anything. Well, then I heard something. And... And uh, 30 feet behind me, I heard crunch, crunch, crunch. And here I saw a deer's feet walking directly straight behind me on the ground. I mean, obviously, he was on the ground, but I was there too. Um, And I just waited and waited and waited. And I had my finger on a string, and I had a little tension. And pretty soon I see a, a deer's mouth with an ear of corn in it. It comes up, and, oh, my God, it's a buck. He turned his head. It's like, oh, my God, it's a buck. <laughs> This thing's huge, and I'm 10, 15 feet max, and you talk about your heart in your throat, you know, and I'm just standing there, and, and I had a shot at probably seven feet. It's standing there, and I, with a, you know, it's a 65-pound of 26-inch, 27-inch bow, but I draw 29 inches, so. Oh, my gosh. I'm guessing 72 pounds. I don't know. And when with a six hundred grain arrow and a you know Magnus, I could drive through. You know I don't worry. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, I'm standing there and I thought I still don't like taking iffy shots. I want it to be completely a chip shot, you know. Yeah. Um, And I thought all he's got to do is lift his front leg and it's going to be perfect. And I'm just sitting there and I'm drawing back and I'm drawing back because he's going to lift that leg up. I'll say literally seven feet away, and I don't know if the wind shifted I couldn't feel anyone but or if he just realized holy crap there's a moron over here it's not shooting me <laughs> go on I'm like oh <laughs> I mean I bought I'm lucky I didn't have a stroke I mean I'm like oh my god that was fun and I waited about half a minute and I stepped out to see where he went. And that sucker was standing right there. He was five feet from me looking right at me and I never saw him. I stepped out and I bumped him in the nose and he was, he was gone. And I just laughed. I laughed the whole way home. It was a half mile. And I got down to the house and Kip's like, would you see anything? I'm like, yeah, she goes, you didn't get a shot. And I'm like, no, she don't seem You don't seem very put out. I'm like, you know what? I had probably 30 minutes of just absolute mind bending just I don't know what you would call terror excitement, whatever, all in one, and I didn't have to drag anything that'd have been a mild drag, you know it's like you know yeah. what I think I worked out okay. I got to see him, I had all the fun
2: his memory is a lot lighter to carry <laughs> yeah and, and and you really
0: did was, you uh, beat him you you were within ten feet of him, I mean yeah, and he yeah. didn't know that's awesome
1: it was awesome i shot I shot an eight point one time on a river at eight feet was the closest I ever shot a deer. It took me two hours to sneak up on them. And, um, I live right on the Mahoning river, which is just when I was a kid, it was so polluted. You couldn't get within 30 feet of it. The the smell now it's loaded with fish. I mean, it's crystal clear. Um, beautiful. And, uh, but the wind always follows the flow of the water Mm -hmm. and you couldn't get, it's made to order for sneaking up on things down there. And I saw this buck and he was nothing special. He was a, like a 14 or 15 inch eight point. And I saw him and I just started working there, working there, working there. I got up about 20 yards and I had a perfect broadside I thought I could get closer. And I kept sneaking up and I got up and I was eight feet away from him. And I thought, what an idiot. How am I ever going to pull this bowstring? You know, mm-hmm. I, I just totally screwed myself out of a nice buck. And I, I just stood there and, you know, he was totally unaware i was there i thought as soon as i can't there was one little sapling about two inches i thought as soon as he his head passes behind there i'm gonna rip that string and uh as soon as his as soon as his head got behind there let's just barely not see his eye you could see everything else i whipped that string back and just laced them and then and he went like 60 or 70 feet that was it you know it was awesome I still get excited. I'm sitting there grinning. I'm just remembering like that was so much fun. I just love this.
0: All the all the uh, all the all the memories are starting to hit me. Like I was I was on the phone with a friend today having a conversation about it, and now I'm starting to think about like that smell of decaying leaves. The the sun going down at like seven o'clock, and there's that twilight time of the day when everything starts creeping around. I'm just thinking about all this stuff. Going, man, I just can't wait. I'm so excited right now.
1: I'm fired up. I'm totally fired up.
0: You guys didn't open early, did you? Are you open now or no? No,
1: no. We opened the 29th.
0: So it's it's 2B that opens up early, yes. right? Okay.
1: County, plus, yeah.
0: You opened the the 29th or the 30th?
1: I think it's the 29th. Whatever Saturday. The
0: Saturday. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember the date. I think 30th. It's the third. All right. It's the 30th. Yeah. yeah so so state the state opener. Yeah. I know, I know. There's some people that open early. Like I think it's 2B
2: opens up early.
1: Yeah, they open two weeks early. Allegheny yeah. County, too, I think?
2: So what? What constitutes your opening day?
1: Is it, do do?
2: well, no, just like is it the last Saturday in September? I think it's either
0: the last Saturday. It's it fluctuates. It's either the last Saturday in September or the first Saturday in October, depending on where it falls. So yeah. if, if the Saturday's on the first or second or third, it's it's that. If it's on the thirtieth or whatever, it's it's in September.
2: Because okay. ours is, ours used to be the first Saturday of October. Now it's October first. So I, I was just trying to figure out how it could be. No, it's it's a that Saturday. Saturday. It, the the okay. date always makes changes.
0: Sense. Um, I I don't know how they judge it. I don't know if it's by like six weeks or I don't know what do we get about six weeks of, of archery season.
1: Yeah,
0: roughly something like yeah. that. And so I, I think it's just to kill it before. A week before Thanksgiving, or I think it's about a week before Thanksgiving, and then Rifle Season opens the Saturday after Thanksgiving.
1: Right. So
0: there's like a little break in there. So I think that's how they judge it, is six weeks out from the week before Thanksgiving or something along those lines.
1: Yeah, we used to end off on uh, Halloween every year.
0: Halloween's best. That's my favorite day.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's why I got my first buck. Well, that was, again, probably like ninety. I'm guessing 92 Mm -hmm. froze my ass off. It was cold as hell. And uh, apparently some of our deer aren't very good at reading. They don't know the program. They're supposed to come out here, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And giant swamp behind me. And it was like, they were, you know, they were rotten. And again, I'm not a trophy hunter. Uh, I just, I just like to hunt deer, you know? And, uh, I wanted a buck and it was the last day of archery season. And, uh, I heard this crash and I looked behind me and I saw this buck. It was a small buck. It was, I don't know, just a, nothing special, you know, like a 12 or 14 inch, you know, six point. And, uh, he's, he's kind of trotting along. And, uh, I looked and I can remember seeing, oh, he's way too far away, but he had a, chunk of mud or something on looks like on the point of his elbow and as he's jogging i thought that's going right over his heart and i shot those uh doug fur arrows and i i crown dipped them the last i didn't dip anything i used foam brushes and i used a uh, four-in-one safety enamel yellow paint and three yellow feathers and a yellow knock and it i can remember seeing that little triangle on his elbow and he's trotting along and I don't even remember drawing the bow. I don't remember anything, and I, it looked like a tennis ball going through the air. And I thought, "Oh no, what did I do?" And uh, I thought I shot twenty feet in front of that deer. And as he's running, that arrow and he just co- coincided, and oh, I and beautiful I nailed him. I mean, he did it again, he went about fifty or sixty feet, and uh, he laid there, and you could see the blood squirting up. It looked like a, a steam fountain. It was like ten degrees out. You know, it was cold. And I just, I bought jumped out of the stand. I was so excited. That was my first archery buck, you know, that was, that was pretty exciting.
2: Excellent. This is still with that black locust bow.
1: That, no, that was still with my zipper. Recur. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I killed probably six or eight deer with it. And, uh, that was a good shooting bow that took Bob Thompson, but he knew how to build a bow. I was going to say, was that
0: a Tom, Tom Phillips or, or, Bob?
1: no, that was Bob Thompson. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I watched Stacy Grosscup shoot, and uh, I was shooting that heavy compound. And I went down there, and I says, "I saw him shoot that bow. It obviously shoots really good." Now Stacy shot a fifty pounder, mm-hmm. and he says, "What do you want?" And I says, uh, eh, give me, you know, I don't know, probably eighty pounds." He said, "You don't want an eighty pound recurve?" I'm like, "I shoot a hundred pounds here." He's like, "No, you don't want that." He said, uh, "The only lefty he had was seventy two pounds," and I said. And I was shooting it, and I thought, I like this. And he goes, you don't want that. Don't get that. If for your first traditional bow, you don't want that. And I had to argue with him, and he says, "He, I got him down to 65 pounds. He said, I'll build you a 65. I'm not going to build you a 70 because you're making a mistake. All right, all right, you know. And, and if I could do over again, I would have got that 50, you know. Yeah. Have a having trouble with the weight, but it's just harder to learn, you know. Yeah, I still exactly. prefer a 60 or 70-pound bow. I think... You got to be a better shot to shoot a lighter bow. Uh, there's nothing cleans up a release like an extra ten pounds on that string. You know,
2: I can't even imagine what my release would look like with ten less pounds. Yeah, it's it's already a pluck from no other. It's
0: a beautiful. <laughs> it's an elegant release. Don't
2: don't don't knock yourself. It's you plucking go. consistent. Okay.
1: <laughs> but uh, it again, I, I just I just think you know. I think most people's problems with their shoulders are more issues than the bow. And uh um I had my shoulder, I had a gross dislocation on my right shoulder, and they told me I'd never shoot a bow again, need multiple surgeries. I never had a surgery. Um I got full range of motion. Uh I I shot a bow. I bought a little kid's bow. When that happened, I couldn't even pick my arm up on my arm. I, I couldn't even hardly move my hand. I opened a truck hood and the hood broke off and my hand was stuck in the mirror bracket because oh, cool. I grabbed the mirror bracket and under the fender and it just broke off. And, um, and buddy, that's some painful shit. <laughs> and, oh. uh, and, uh, that I bought a little kid's bow and I must've pulled it 500 times a day until pretty soon I could get my arm up to here and I could pull that little like 10 pound bow. I went to a garage sale. I found another little kid's bow, one of the little all fiberglass green mm-hmm. things. And it was like a 25 pounder. And I, I couldn't pull it. And I worked and I worked and I worked. And eventually I could pull it. And then uh, by that happened in March. And by October, I was out in the woods with a 65 pound longbow again. And like I said, I got full range. I don't have any problems. That's awesome. Wonderful. But yeah. I, I, you don't I've, use it, lose it. You know what I mean? I think. You have I'll...
0: A lot of those shoulder injuries are excuses. I have a lot of friends that all of a sudden developed shoulder injuries as soon as they legalized comp or crossbows, uh, cross
2: guns. It's weird how that happens. I don't know, Earl. It sounds like you need to start up a physical therapy business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Earl's, <laughs> Earl's physical therapy. Bow
0: hunters <laughs> rehab. Now you don't yeah. have an excuse, fellas.
1: Yeah, self-esteem. R us. You know. <laughs> i was raised by an old marine my dad was a marine drill sergeant in 1948 to 52 and it's like self-esteem was something you beat out of somebody you know
2: yeah (laughs) exactly we need
0: more of that these days
1: yeah yeah but uh yeah we have a good time i i love uh down at the club i think we got four or five at least four or five new members down there that never shot traditional their compound guys and they'd come out and see kegan and i shooting And kegan is a sniper he's he's a far and away better shooter than i am and uh and i have a right i can shoot right-handed too um i just much prefer left-handed and uh and i have uh one of his bows it's 35 pounds and uh I bring it along and sometimes I just want to shoot it. So I'll shoot it right-handed, you know, and we'll, I'll let people use it for two or three weeks, you know, and they'll come out and shoot with us. And I don't shoot. I shoot. I I don't, I have made a religion out of mine in my own damn business. I I don't care how anybody else shoots. I I could give two dams. I mean, they're working for you. Yay. I'm good with that. You know, I draw back and middle finger to the corner of my mouth and I hook my index finger on my cheekbone which is extremely consistent. I I I just started doing that about 2 years ago and it's like oh my god it's so much more consistent. What are you what are you doing your your middle fingers on your tooth? My middle fingers right here and my index finger I hook it on my cheekbone. Dead solid. Absolutely dead solid anchor.
2: And your your strings I'm assuming you shoot split.
1: I shoot split finger, yeah. Nice, I okay. I, I see a lot of really good shooters shoot three under and I don't have a problem with it. That's I just can't make that work for me. I think it's just my fingers aren't shaped right for that or something. I, I have just to remember
2: make... Earl, if you shoot three under, you got to sit when you pee, right? Yeah. That's a, that's a hard fast rule we have on this podcast. So, so when I shoot three under and sit to pee, um, <laughs> my, my
0: hands kind of like, like down like that. And uh, that puts this guy, perfectly behind my jaw
1: yeah i believe so that my, yeah.
0: my fingers are right at the edge of, but but this thing is like that that it's always it's always fun to hear people's anchors because everybody's got something different oh but yeah it's funny because I'll, I'll miss that anchor every now and then because I'll, I'll i won't have my fingers tilted down or something and it doesn't open that gap up yeah. real well and and as soon as i get right. as soon as i get there i know i'm like i gotta i gotta let down because this i'm not in the right spot
1: So I said, Kip and I are going to Africa next year. And to me, we're like, we both grew up poor kids. So we didn't have nothing. This is the biggest adventure we could think of, you know. And I'm thinking I'm flying with arrows and I would love to do it with wooden arrows, but I I don't trust anybody. So I bought day six arrows. Okay. Yep. Because everybody says they're so tough, and I I I went up in my hayloft with the VPA. I'm a two blade guy, but I don't want to bring any jigs or anything. So I bought some VPA three blades because I can sharpen them on a flat stone. And I I bought a couple of those Omegas that they make because you can sharpen. It's a it's a single bevel. Yeah, two I know
2: exactly what you're talking about.
1: So that you, I can sharpen them with no jigs because I don't want I don't want luggage getting lost, screwing up my hunt, you know, and uh. I took one of these arrows up in the hayloft, and I shot it from uh, a 60-pound uh, longbow. It's a 630-grain arrow. I shot it straight into a sheet of plywood three times. Absolute nightmare to get back out of there. I mean, just I'm <laughs> like, what an idiot. I want to see. I want to see what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And arrow spins true as hell. It didn't dull that broadhead a bit, and... I'm like, okay, I feel confident. But what I discovered is I always cut my two blade arrows down to where when I was at full draw, I, I put the broad head sideways and that broadhead just at full draw just touches the riser. It's like a draw check. It's like my redneck clicker. Yeah. Well, things, I don't know if you could see it, their way their outsert is, that comes back and it hits my finger and I know that I'm at 29 and a half inches. Beautiful. Actually, it's it, it's it's very repeatable, you know, because I get excited. I tend to draw too far. I'll draw over 30, and then your arrows aren't spined right anymore. That's what I like about wooden arrows is they're so much more forgiving as far as if you draw a little short, a little long. I never noticed that with my wooden arrows. These carbon arrows, that, that's a big difference. You know, yeah. they, it's going to swing you a little bit left or right.
0: Yeah, we definitely get forgiveness with the woods.
1: They fly really nice and boy they're tough as hell. So,
0: have I'm you, looking It has have you like pretty much stuck with woods for the 30 years?
1: No, I shot a lot of aluminum. I shot a Did lot you? of 2017s. I just uh I just got where I was working too much and I just didn't You know, I mean, I was always I'm I'm like what's the word, probably pack radish big time. I like, I can't have three arrows. I can't have, I can't have three broadheads and six arrows. I got to have 36 arrows and I got to have a couple dozen broadheads or I just, you know what I mean? They're going to respect
2: that sentiment.
1: Yeah. When I retire, they'll dig me out of my house. You know what I mean? But, uh, so uh, to me, I had to have enough match and arrows that are close enough, but to be honest, I never weight matched them. I had a spine tester. A buddy of mine and I, we'd buy 500 uh, Rose City shafts for 70 bucks. Now they weren't matched, yeah. And we find them. And if they were spined the same, if they were spined within five or six pounds, they were generally close enough in weight. We didn't care, and just never worried about it. And for my tapers, like when I shot, I shot ash for a while. Didn't like them. I don't like the hardwood shafts. Uh, Hardwood shafts react like carbon arrows do. They're too twitchy. Where Doug fir, cedar, Sitka spruce, all those ones. The only hardwood I like was Raymond wood, but I only ever found one guy that made Raymond woods that were good, and he made them really good. Uh, he was the guy out of Maine, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name. He went out of business, but he his arrows were absolutely perfectly straight, heavy as hell, strong as hell. That's the only wooden arrows I ever shot that I didn't break when I went through to deer but I made a little jig for a belt sander because the taper tools are a nightmare. Yep. Agreed. Just a cheap, cheap craftsman disc and belt sander. And I made a little taper jig and I can, I can put a perfect taper on them arrows in just a couple seconds. And, um, here, I'll show you it too. It's, it's been on this, been on this machine for 25 years without being used. I, I don't move things. Can you see that? Yeah, oh yeah, that's all it takes, buddy. That thing works it's, fantastic.
2: Can you show that again, real quick? Yeah. So I take it one of those is for your point, and one of them is for your. This is the knock? point
1: here. And I forget the numbers, but it's it's actually slid back a little bit. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. There, and this the, is the, the point. This
0: is the mock. The, 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 the knock. front one's, one's the tail. Knock. The back one's the not the the
2: point so it's five and and eleven i think are the two
1: and the inside one's the broadhead but it puts an absolute perfect taper on there just in a matter of a couple seconds
2: do you uh
0: sorry go ahead with this no go ahead do you taper your shafts or you, you run parallel shafts
1: no i just run parallel okay i never i bought um the first time i bought the doug furs from the guy in montana they came in and they looked so beautiful. And I was like thrilled. And uh I'd shoot them, and I'm not kidding. These things exploded. I mean, they didn't break, they they fragmented when they hit. Wow. That's what the hell's going on. And I called him, I said, I don't understand this. He said, Oh my god, I made those special for some museum. He said, They're like zero moisture. He said, they're going in some sealed exhibit, and they can't have any moisture. He said, no, they would absolutely break. And I said, well, I was hoping to hunt with them, but it's too close to season now. He said, no, it's not. He says, I will make this up to you. And he sent me a dozen. I shot, I think they were either 75 or 80-pound shafts. He said, what broadheads you shoot? And I said, I shoot Zwicky Deltas. And uh, they made up a dozen that he made up, you know, crown-dipped, uh, crested, fletched. Uh with zwicky deltas on them and they had them at my house in a few days And um, that was like the first year I got out of compound. So I did all my shooting at 30 yards And I had a 3d target at 30 yards I thought if I could hit it with this arrow because I was going to go with twenty two sixteens. 16s and uh I shot and I dead centered. It. I'm like, all right, you know, i'm not a target guy. I'm a hunter right? I don't care about groups. I don't worry about groups I want to kill a deer. That's, that's all I care about. So I don't do groups, but I thought if I can hit, if I get that net kill again, I'm going hunting with these shafts. And I shot, and that was the first ever robin hood I've ever gotten. That's awesome. And with a broadhead, with a Zwicky, I, I, I split that arrow with like three quarters of its length. I thought, well, that's it. I'm going out. And the next day I shot that little bitty doe. And I went out like a, the two or three days after that, I shot another doe and then I went out and shot the buck and I'm hooked. <laughs> Yeah. So that, I actually, when I started at the plant, I never got a chance to shoot. And I thought, I'm not going to go out and wound a deer just to satisfy my own ego. So I bought a Matthews compound that I practiced with it. And I went out and every time I went out, I'd go out and I was seeing deer like crazy. And I'd come home and Kip's like, where's your deer? And I'm like, uh, cause it got to the point where if I went hunting, I usually came home with a doe or something. And, uh, she's, uh, ah, i don't know she's didn't you see anything i did where's it at Did you miss i'm like no i'm never gonna say that you know. <laughs> no i didn't i don't know i didn't feel like it. and she's like really i'm like yeah yeah i just didn't feel like it and it was towards the end of season she said you better get your longbow down because she likes eating them you know and she helps process the deer and we make Kabasi and bratwurst and you know we butcher our own deer and uh so I got old yeller out and I had these arrows, was uh they were 2117s and uh they had uh you ever hear of a uh, Thunderhead Broadhead? Yep. Uh 125. Classics. Yeah. And uh I had those on and I'm up in this tree stand. And again, the deer around here are really stupid. They never know where they're supposed to come out. And I saw this buck and I'm like, oh well, if you guys this is a buck I just showed you. And uh oh my god, that thing's huge, you know. And, but he was totally in the opposite direction of where I was expecting him. So I drew back and I shot. And if I miss, I shoot over, I, I shoot a foot over. I don't ever, I've never shot under any, I shoot a foot over top and I shot underneath him, right behind his front leg. What the hell, you know, and, uh, the deer didn't even flinch, didn't react. It's like, actually it either stepped or kicked the arrow. Cause that arrow ended up bent. I thought, what the hell? I, I, I knocked another arrow, and I shot. And I thought, son of a gun. I shot right under him again because I watched the arrow, you know. I shot right under him again. I, I'm uh, My head's not in the game. I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to wound a deer. So I just hung the bow up, but I watched him slowly walk away about 100 yards from the tree line. I waited till dark, and I climbed down, I grabbed my first arrow, and it was bent, you know. I grabbed the, I went to grab the second arrow, and it's pitch black. And I went to grab it, and it's like, Oh no! What the hell? I hit him, <laughs> you know. I thought I could have swore I shot right under him, you know. And then I, then I'm like, you don't thrust yourself, you know. You're, I'm like, the where did I hit him? Did I, did I gut shoot him? The, what happened? So I just backed out because it was only about forty degrees. I went back the next morning, and there was not a single hair on the. I mean, the, the broadhead's still stuck in the ground. No hair, no blood. I'm making circles. I had a buddy with me. Nothing, no, not a sign. I said, you know what? I said, you walked. He just walked calmly, walked. And I said, you go over there, and I'm going to go down by this creek where they usually go when you hit them, because I've killed a few deer in that spot. Yeah. And uh, I go walking down there. He said, hey, dummy, get over here. And I walked over, and he just made it to the edge of tree lines. And it was a perfect shot. It laced through him. And that deer never knew a thing. But it was the reason I shot low is it was 35 yards. I, I never crossed my mind how far that deer was. It just totally just never even crossed my mind. That's why I shot low the first time. And I thought, what a freaking unsportsmanlike a gun I am, you know,
2: <laughs> but it's it amazing worked. how you can get that green light though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just... Yeah. In my head, I can, I can envision the three yellow feathers disappearing through the hide. And when I see that, 9 times out of 10 that shot's gone. I don't remember there's I don't have a draw cycle or a shot cycle. I yeah. have a grip it rip it and got it, you know what I mean? Heck yeah. But there's way there's way better shooters than me. I can tell you that. I uh, typically 90% of the deer I got were probably under 15 yards. And probably to be totally honest, probably 80% were under 10 yards. And that's how I like it. I mean, I want to I want to pick the hair you know what i mean i want to see where they're at that's to me is way more fun
2: so totally agree it's I, a good
1: time uh,
0: you, you mentioned it earlier about about new people coming to your club and wanting to shoot and stuff and and i uh i saw some pictures from the forksville bowhunters fest i don't know if you've ever been up there or not uh it's it's on the eastern side of pa it's in uh sullivan county okay and it's it's a it's i think it's the oldest bowhunter festival in the state or maybe the country, I forget, but there were pictures and I, there were so many traditional archers there. I, I couldn't believe the amount of pictures I was seeing from that place from this past weekend. And I was kind of bummed that I didn't, I, did, I couldn't go. I had some stuff going on this weekend and I couldn't get away, but um, man, I couldn't believe the amount of traditional shooters there this year. And there's never, not like that. It was pretty cool. It's yeah. neat to see the I pictures. Think,
1: I think it's growing. People were seeing it. It's really not that, I tell people all the time, it's like, every it's it's the struggle stick and it's hunting the hard way. It's like, you can make it hard. But I honestly believe that I, my longbow, I thought was so much easier than a compound. I called it the cheater stick because it's like, there's nothing to go wrong. There's nothing to think about. You know, I don't, I don't wax my strings. The old yeller over there has got a 35 year old string. It's never (laughs) been, I've never waxed it. It's been on that bow. It's been strung for most of those years. Still shoots great. Still works fine. It's an ugly string now. Still works, you know. Yeah. I, I don't make a big deal out of stuff that doesn't need to be made a big deal out of. And I like uh, that attitude. Um like I said, I like a pretty bow, but I just like shooting. And and um yeah. I, I just I pretty much anything to do with them every bow i see is my new favorite bow and i gotta have it you know i'm like a marketer's dream <laughs> Yeah. You
0: know? it so, all sounds familiar
1: yeah yeah
0: i this shot bow a shoots I,
1: an uh, arrow Oh God! i just shot a black widow it was a used one at a local store and i shot it and uh it was a really good shooting bow but i just i'm not as happy with a recurve the only recurves i really like or the great Northern ghosts.
2: Yeah. Like 50 style. That's, that's halfway to a longbow. You'd like a PSR. Yeah. yeah. I got wow. one on the table next to me yeah.
0: here. Schaefer's got a widow. That's a, it's a, it's a lot like that. They're the, that 50 style recurve is pretty slick. It's got like a longbow handle on it. That's, uh,
1: my, that's my favorite kind. I, I broke my wrist last year. And uh, if I tilt my hand at all, it's like bone to bone right now. Mm-hmm. straight up and down longbows are pretty much where it's at for me i can shoot that and uh, there you go eric you uh, go. eric Rietzma from uh great northern had a uh 60 pound ghost and he said i'm never gonna sell a left-handed 60 pound bow and he gave me a heck of a deal and that thing shoots really well nice last summer when i was up there when i was kip i like, said kip and i were working at pbs booth he comes over he said this guy wants to sell this used ghost but it's heavy and it's left-handed. It's never going to sell. He goes, "Will you shoot it?" It was fifty-five at twenty-four. Oh boy! And uh, I said, "Yeah, I'll shoot it." And I took it out there. And the only this you're going to think I'm lying to you, but I swear to you, it's a true story. So I have uh, three forty grain or three forty spine arrows. Uh, They're gold tip warriors. They come out. I put the fifty grain insert and a two hundred grain tip, so they come out like five fifty. Yep. And uh, like I said, I draw 29 and a half. And uh, so I don't know what the weight was. That I don't know what it calculates out to. And there was an Amish guy standing next to me. The only place to shoot was a the chronograph they had there. I said, what the heck? I give the kid three bucks. And I shot three shots. And 245 feet per second. The Amish guy just had a new Black Widow carbon bow. He says, I don't believe that. And I said, <laughs> I don't believe it either. I said, I can't. That's got to be, something's got to be wrong. He said, I'll pay you to shoot a couple more shots. I said, okay. He he paid the, you know, the chrono. And I shot 10 shots and that thing averaged 245. Okay. But it was heavy. I mean, I don't know how many pounds I was, it was heavy. You know, I'd be willing to bet it was over 80 pounds.
2: Wow. I was about uh, to say, I mean, what, 55 at 24? Yeah, so you have an extra five. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely up there.
1: Yeah, it was heavy. Yeah. and But I, he goes, you want to buy it? And I'm like, no, I don't want to buy that. <laughs> and then we find out we're going to Africa. I'm like, I kind of wish I would have bought that. <laughs> <laughs> I really like to. Jerry, I've been trying to get one of his old bush bows for years. I would dearly love to have one of Jerry's bows. I would love to take one of them to Africa. Like, I'll never be able to afford to shoot a Cape Buffalo. <laughs> $12,000 to shoot a Cape Buffalo, Ooh. but you have to have 80 foot pounds to, to shoot one. And that bow would probably make it. Actually, I did the math on that one. There it was 80.02. It's Perfect. like, if I ever got a chance, that would be something to do, but I I'm kidding myself. I'm never going to pay $12,000 to shoot anything.
2: Yeah. That, that's insane. That's but cheap compared to some. That's the sad part.
1: Yeah, well, the hunt is actually not that expensive. The airfare was expensive. Um, the hunts, it's less than a lot of Western hunts. Um, we didn't mean to do it. I just, uh, we stopped at an outdoor show in Pittsburgh and uh, I was talking to a guy. I went elk hunting for the first time last year now with a rifle with my brother in law. And I shot a cow elk, and that was a lot of fun. I even enjoyed packing it up the mountain, you know. I never claimed to be that smart. I just, I <laughs> it. and this scenery is beautiful. You know, I'd never been out West before. And, uh, I would dearly love to get on some of these PBS hunts, you know, out West. Oh yeah. But, uh, so I was talking to a guy about hunting elk in, uh, Colorado guided hunt public ground. And it was $5,500. And I'm like, on public ground? And he starts telling me about how many inches the bull will be that I shoot. And I'm like, you know what? I said, I'm wasting your time. He goes, what do you mean? I says, if you told me concrete was hard, I'd have to hit my head before I believed you. I said, you're full of <laughs> shit. You can't tell me on public ground how big, how many inches. And I don't hey, I don't care how many inches the horns are. Yep. If I shot a bull elk, I'd be like, woohoo, I shot a bull elk. And I'd be happy. I don't need to measure it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And i tell you another one of my, my sayings that aren't suitable for family times, but it's like chronographing your bow. You, you shouldn't don't chronograph, don't chronograph your traditional bow. Don't do it.
2: It's going to be slow. Shocker. It,
1: it, <laughs> it's like I said, can you bleep this out? Cause it probably shouldn't get aired. You Go know? ahead. And, oh yeah. Tell everybody it, it, it's, it's be like measuring your, <laughs> you're a lot happier just assuming, you know, <laughs> Don't don't put a number on everything. You don't need to. All right.
2: <laughs> I think you could bleep that out and it'd be perfect, or you but I believe leave it.
3: In. <laughs> oh god.
1: I don't it's want good. people think it's rude, but
0: uh, No, that's perfect.
1: Know, just you don't need to know. That speed doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, you know. Can you hit with it? the slowest bow I own is old yeller? And I could hit anything with that bow. Oh,
2: you know? beautiful.
1: So, but yeah,
2: oh, that's awesome.
1: So so, any reason, so I, I told him, I told him, I said, I just, I just don't believe anything you're telling me now. I mean, if you lie to me once, I think you're, I'm, you're done. I, I don't believe you, you know? So we walked oh. away and this guy, this little like bulldozer of a dude standing there. And, uh, like, what are you selling? And, uh, and here he's from South Africa. And uh, we had no intentions. We didn't get down there thinking about it. You know, I grew up reading extensively and uh, we didn't have smartphones. You know what I mean? Uh, I read all the time. I read Peter Hathaway, Capstick and Louis L'Amour. I, I love them things. And reading about death in the long grass, you know, and the, the black death of the Savannah, the, you know, the Cape Buffalo and all. The, I, I dreamed of that stuff when I was a kid. And he starts talking. It's like $3,600 for a week. For seven. I can't can't guarantee you're going to shoot him. I guarantee you'll get an opportunity. And this other guy started talking and he's like, listen, he said, no, don't tell him that. He said, when you were here, this guy shot just, I guess, a phenomenal kudu or something. He said, that was fortunate. We were very lucky that you found that animal. He goes, but I can't sell that. That was. I can't guarantee you're going to see an animal like that. He said, I'll guarantee you'll see animals. I'll guarantee you'll get opportunities, but I can't guarantee I I can't guarantee you'll hit it. I, I don't know how you shoot. Yeah. yeah. And he, I can't guarantee how big it's going to be. I can just guarantee you'll see animals. And I just very, got a very good impression. I looked at Kip. I said, you know what? I said, you want to go? And she, her jaw just dropped. She's like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I said, I don't know if you guys met her. I I I'm I'm very blessed when it comes to wife. I just uh she's just real flirty and charming, and she's a ball buster like everybody else, you know what I mean? And Perfect. She's just teasing the guys and you know, laughing and joking. And he said it's 250 a day for an observer who goes, but if it's Miss she can come for a hundred a day. I'm like, we're done, we're in. And uh so it's like we're just so excited thinking about it that you know it's not until next July. That was the first opening they had. I figured that was a good sign if they're sold out that far in advance. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree so. But uh, we're pretty excited about it. And I've been reading on the PBS forum, several other people that have been. I talked to Gene Wenzel a couple of times about it. You know, he's full of advice and whatnot. He's a great guy. It, it seems like. We were the more- lucky.
0: I had zero interest in Africa, and the more the more I keep hearing about it, the more I I kind of want to go.
1: Everybody I know that's gone absolutely loves it, and like I said, it just I'll be I'm I'm pretty close to retirement age. I'll be sixty here in a few weeks, and I thought, you know what, I'm in pretty good shape now. That might not be the case, and so I my whole life I either work two jobs or work extended. So you know what, while I'm able, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on some of these hunts that I dreamed about, absolutely. like absolutely. I want to kill an elk with my longbow and, you know, and I want to, I want to kill a bear with my longbow and, uh, moose is my, moose is like the most epic animal on earth. I think I dearly love that. I I put in for tags for Maine for years and never drew anything. I finally gave up on the tags and, uh, I, I had a hunt for moose in uh, Canada back around 2005 and then I ended up almost losing my foot. At work, and uh, I was off work for a while, and I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. So, uh, I will someday shoot a moose. I will be like Monty Browning. I will never be like Monty Browning, but I would love that hunt. There's a man for you right there. Him or Mike. Mike Mitten or Monty Browning are two positive examples of American manhood, as far as I'm concerned. Those guys are awesome.
2: Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. This is, this is a good segue. One thing that, uh, are the last. Ep- Two episodes ago, Jesse Johnson asked us if you could sit around a campfire with five people, who would you choose? And that that's a great question. Alive or dead. Alive, Alive or, dead. or dead. But I think instead of asking that, I just want to ask who were some of the role models or people you looked up to as you came up through the sport? A little more generic, a little less pressure.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, obviously, you know, Fred Asbell. Fred Bear, obviously, Uh, Howard Hill, Ben Pearson. you ever watch any old Ben Pearson videos? Have you ever seen those on YouTube?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Shooting ducks, watch him shoot a javelina at like 90 yards. You know, a lot of those guys. But a lot of those guys would do things we'd consider unethical today. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of managed by the Karens of our – I mean, there's a difference between unethical and what what would be considered – unethical shot by one person is not unreasonable. Like I like close range shots. Uh, but I know guys that are tremendously gifted marksmen with a bow and I don't think they're doing anything unethical by taking a little bit longer shot. You know, yep. if you've got bow enough to handle, you got enough arrow, enough bow to do the job. Um, I got to be honest, uh, people that I've met, you know, who, and, and uh, I don't know if you guys will know this guy or not. I've met him a couple times now and he's just a badass. is a guy named Bill Terry. I, uh,
2: we, I have heard his name a few times.
1: Uh, we sat at Tim Denial's odd year gathering with Sean Blakely and Bill Terry. And Sean is a class act. He's a yes. really guy. I really like him.
2: We love Sean. Uh,
1: and another guy I like really well is Eric McKee. From uh, Great Northern, we nice are guy.
2: very familiar with Eric.
1: Nice guy. I got, You're I bad. got, I got at least six of those quiver. I love those quivers. Yeah. And uh, um, I hated bow quivers until I, I hunted with a back quiver. I had a hill style back quiver I used, and uh, I almost knocked myself out of a tree with it one time. I made a platform; it was just the size of my two feet, and I would go walk forever and i would go as high in the tree as i could and i had one tree stand i won't even tell you how high it was because it was retarded but uh but i was only eight or ten feet above the deer but the only tree there was a ridge there's a white oak ridge on a pasture and a farm near me and it was the debt ridge was gold and uh you couldn't get near them it was absolutely made to order for the deer you know there's no approach to that ridge one tree at the base of the hill was a huge, giant oak tree, and uh, I used every—I used to always use screw-in tree steps. I used every single tree step I had, and I had to lay back and to get my legs high enough because I had them about three feet or further apart, you know, to get up there. I was over seventy feet, and I go oh. up there and I get homemade little tree. Well, I was only six or seven feet above the deer. Yeah, you know, wasn't very high above the deer. And a I had steep my hill,
0: right? Like
1: oh yeah, a Steep Hill. Yeah. And uh and I'm I'm probably uh at best a 15 yard distance shot to it's a yep. real narrow and I'm like seven or eight feet above them. And I I killed oh, half a dozen deer off that hillside. But I could sleep standing up, and I, I would just stand there on this platform, it's just the size of my feet, no more. And uh I would doze off and I was I was perfectly comfortable doing that. And one time, I turned, and my back quiver just pushed me out a little bit. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. I'm like, "Oh, this is stupid." <laughs> I would, and I bought a safety belt. <laughs> I pulled my stand down out of the tree. I'm like, "Nope, Ugh. nothing fun. One near miss, and I'm done. I'm out." <laughs> I, I,
3: I got
0: a, I got a, I got a new question. A little bit off topic here, but you, you, you uh, I got a new question. I want to start asking people because I like to read a lot. Um, you mentioned reading books about the dark continent and whatever. What's, uh, ha- have you
1: read a lot of archery books?
0: I should ask you that first.
1: I would say quite a few, yeah.
0: So, what's what's your favorite traditional archery book that you might have read?
1: Probably The Witchery of Archery by Morris Thompson. That's a good Loved one. That. I love that book. And I, got, uh, I, I always like those books. Cause I met him before I bought the book and he was just such a class act. I just, just, I really admired him. I got such and, a kick uh, out
0: of them shooting, uh, woodpeckers.
1: Yeah. 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 And, uh, another guy I like a lot and I, I don't know if people don't think of him so much as traditional as uh, MR James.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
1: I met him at the uh, great American hunter tour, I think in 93 in uh, Morgantown, West Virginia. And I talked to him for an hour and uh, uh, what's this guy, this super slam guy, what's his name? Oh, Chuck. Uh, yeah. Chuck Adams. He was, he was sitting there next to us and there was a seminar on tuning your compound that I couldn't have been less interested. So mm-hmm. there was typically a long line waiting to talk to Chuck Adams and, and uh, MR. James is sitting right next to him. And so I went out cause I didn't care about tuning my compound and I, and I, talking to mr james and he said you're not interested in tuning your bow i said i shoot a, a locust longbow buddy i don't care about that he's "Oh, you're a traditional guy i said you know what why do why do we got a pigeonhole and uh i gotta get over to a battery here uh why we got a pigeonhole ourselves like i said i just want to be a bow hunter i don't want to be anything i don't want to be in anybody's little group or little circle of friends kind of deal you know what i mean i just yeah. want to I I just want to hunt, and mind my own business, you know, hopefully this doesn't screw up here. I had to plug into my speaker in the garage cause my battery's dying, but, uh, he was just a, such a class act. Then he said, Oh, I like it. I like that philosophy. You know, and we're, we're talking and I'm like, he was just a, just a class act. You know, I really enjoyed talking to him. And, uh, so I, I think it would have been fun to hunt with him. I'd say Monty Browning, but he hunts by himself, so that kind of leaves me out in the cold. You know, that is a
2: hard one to get around.
1: Yeah, but he's such a nice, just the nicest people ever. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, uh, Most of the people, like I said, there. You know who else I always really liked is Don Thomas. I I could read his stories, and uh, I just feel like I'm there with him. You know, I really enjoy his stuff. I just. off them recently and i'm standing here next to a bandsaw and a welder and i got my feet on a bucket of scrap metal and so if you hear it rattling and banging that's what it is
0: i i just bought his uh newer book this summer i think it's wild Pl- longbow wild place uh,
3: yeah actually,
0: I, yep. I can, and, yeah and uh oh gosh what else did i buy this this
2: hang on a second Got to go verify.
1: I think there should be a law that every every little boy in America should be required to read Louis the books,
0: Longbow Country and Longbows and Wild Northern. I, know, I forgot it already.
1: Yeah, he's a great a writer. writer. He is. He's he's a great writer. I, and i He would. I've never met the man. I would love to meet him. Uh, he's either going to be terrific or he's going to be unbearable. One or the other. That's how it always plays. Yeah. I figured he's probably going to be pretty cool. He's done a lot of really cool stuff. Longbows in the far north. That's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. We were lucky here back in the 90s. uh, Paul Bruner had a store down in uh, New Kensington, which is outside of Pittsburgh, called Screaming Eagle. Okay. Yep. Boy, they had nice stuff in there. Uh, Me and my buddies went down there every week, you know, and uh, Wenzel's come down. We met Barry and Gene down there. And they're hysterical. They're they're so much funnier. I mean, they're funny, but they're funnier in person than they are. You know, just they're just such easy guys, easy to laugh with, you know.
2: I don't think I've ever uh in recent years seen them together. And I can only imagine that adds to the hilariousness.
1: Oh my god, yeah. We were uh we were down there and they were doing their seminar, and I, I throw out smart ass comments because I'm a wiener. And I got them laughing, and they they said, "You guys stick around." Me and my buddy said, "You two stick around," and we ended up having a couple beers down there with them, and that was the funniest thing ever. Just, oh, that's awesome. They, just I mean, just they just never it just never stops, you know. It's just they just throw comments out and ripping on each other and telling their stories, you know, you know, talking about pissing on somebody's shoes at an airport. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just got to this guy, you know,
2: he's funny. Uh- I always like when you see the, uh, the Q and A's they used to do in various magazines when people would ask them questions and they would give very, uh, they'd, they'd answer the question, but not quite the way you would expect them to. Yeah. Oh, those are always good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're good guys. Absolutely. But there's, there's a lot of people I really admire, but I, uh, you know, I, I just kind of like do my own thing and, uh, like I said, I really want to go elk hunting. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot an elk here in the next few years for sure. And, Excellent. uh, uh, well, I'm going to try, you know what I mean?
2: i going to put the yeah. effort in at least.
1: That's right. If I get close to one, uh, I'll be happy. If I do a South Cox stand like we were at a uh, sportsman's club the other night. We had a, we had an event. We called it the swine and dine. Um, we had, uh, a pork dinner which we were going to do pulled pork, but we just got too busy. So we had a local Mexican restaurant brought us carnitas, which is uh Mexican pork. I don't know. They cook yep. it differently, but it's kind of like pulled pork. Really, really good. good though. Yeah. Really good. Really good. And, uh, so for 20 bucks, you came down, we shot a 30 target 3d course. And then, um, then we ate, we have an aerial target. Do you remember it? You, you were at ETAR last year, right? Remember the guy that had the launcher? Yeah. Yeah, yep. we bought one of those for the club, and we had one of those. We shot it at the five stand, uh, so it was under lights. We shot oh, that cool. And my son's uh, lab was retrieving the disc for us, which was just a riot, and uh, and uh, saved us a lot of walking, you know. And then, uh, and then we ate, and then we uh, we shot. Uh, we uh, you ever done a coon shoot where you shoot at night? Yeah, yep. like the price. We had a coon and pig shoot. And uh, we had, uh, we bought a dozen uh, javelina targets and a dozen raccoon targets. We put the reflective eyes in them and had them out through the woods. And we had a flying pig target. I made a running deer target a while back and we put a javelina target on there. And my wife put a little set of wings on it. So we had the flying pig. We had to shoot <laughs> 50-50 for the flying pig. It was a lot of fun. Ah,
2: oh, it sounds like a hoot. The,
1: the oh, coon, the coon
0: shoot at Etar is one of my favorites.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, I love that. If they don't bring back the original Denton Hill location at any time, Uh they need to bring Turbo Pig back to Sawmill. I don't remember Turbo Pig. It was at the end... Well, I guess at the end, it was at the end of Nine Mile and the Western Course. But it was a moving pig target, and there was bungee cords on the front of it, so as you pulled it Uh back, not only would it run normally, but it had bungee cords pulling it, so it was... It was a moving target that went very quickly. They had the running I, deer there too. Do you remember that? It was right by the vendor tent.
1: I don't remember that. I I haven't been there. I I wasn't at Denton Hill since like the late nineties.
0: I, I hate to say it, but I think Denton Hill's over and done with. Oh, uh, I think it, it is oh, too. Absolutely, it was uh, this this past week or the week before it was purchased, and they're they're bringing it back as a ski resort so okay. it's it's no longer is from what i understand it's no longer state property it's going to be it's going to be privately owned
1: well if it's privately owned maybe they'll bring it back that has to make them money etar has to be money
0: yeah i i think these guys have it on their own property now though and they they don't have to pay anybody to have it somewhere else you know what i mean
1: yeah i really don't mind it at the sawmill though no. i don't Sawmill's great it's a good spot yeah, yeah. kip and it... i have been there the last couple of years we went and uh I don't know two or three years we've been up there now. Like said, since, since the plant closed and I got back in there everything. Yeah.
0: I, I but, do miss, I do miss, I love Potter County. I love it out there. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah. But, but he, the, was it Lycoming County? I think is where where Sawmill is, is. is equally as pretty. You just don't see as many bears as we did in Denton Hill.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that's positive and negatives. I guess. They're always entertaining yeah. though. Great at a few fun nights. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, oh. it was a good time. That's always we look forward to that all year long. Likewise. The only I thing think everybody year, does. I gotta be honest, this year I got less shooting in than ever. But I have ample opportunities to shoot. Like I said, I go right the club's only five miles down the road. Oh perfect. And um uh, but uh that PBS booth was a hoot. It was packed. Hey, a lot of them old guys come down here, they're all good guys. Uh, Schaefer, your dad, I, I I really enjoyed talking to your dad. He's a good guy. Um, and a lot of the older guys, you know, just laughing and joking and everybody helping out, you know. And uh, we ended up at at ETAR, we had 58 new members. And uh, awesome. we actually had six in addition to that that signed up. You know, we were beating everybody's ears in about it. Uh like I said, I usually like uh like I said, Kagan McCabe's a real good friend of mine. I tell everybody about his bows because they shoot great. I don't know if you you gotta shoot one so They shoot great. And uh if you watch him shoot, you'll want one of his bows because he's a freaking sniper. I mean, he he literally he, he's really good shot and he's a good kid. I like him a lot. And um uh, so and it's between him and the PBS now. You know, we we tell everybody this this a we've met so many nice people, and we got people we talk to all the time now that we've met through PBS. And I just can't get over what a good bench You know, I really feel like I missed out for the last thirty. I should have signed up in '93. Like I said, I figured it was all a bunch of Chuck Adams, you know, grip and yeah. grin kind of guys. And like I said nothing against the man. I don't know him. He's probably a great guy. But it's like you're making an industry out of a sport that I love. And, and I just resent that. You know, I know it, people are in business. You know, there's people that sell bows. That, you know, I get that. The, but it's the hunt, just the like,
0: hunting celebrity is a weird concept.
1: I don't it's like very it. Weird. Yeah.
0: My, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. But, I mean, whatever. Somebody wants to be that person, have at it. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, it just uh, I can't wrap my head around it.
1: Yeah. I I like I said I don't uh, I love to hunt and I love to shoot animals I love to eat them
0: Yeah agree I don't
1: uh, you know people make it like it's uh I don't know I think they're missing the boat they're cheating themselves when it's all about a uh, it's a successful hunt if you kill something it's a successful hunt if you have a good time Yep you know? see something cool
0: you- you you, you get a good sunset. You see a, a a critter you don't see every day or something, you know, that that's when it's successful.
1: Right. Yeah. And And I I feel like I really, I I can live on deer
0: meat. Oh, Uh,
1: I love it. And, uh, but I'm not going to die if I don't get it. You know what I mean? It's just, I want to, how I do matters as much as what I do, you know?
0: Yes. Absolutely.
1: uh, Taxidermy. I have my son's 24 inch, uh, buck is mounted. And, uh, I want a buck pull in 85 and uh, I've never paid to have another one mounted. I'm not, probably never will, to be honest with you. I just, I have a pile in a corner of the room and that uh, I look at them every now and then and that's pretty much it, you know what I mean?
0: I, I, I do these. I love during, doing Euro mounts. That's my What's favorite. Stuff?
1: Oh, I'm in a, on a podcast here. My son Zachary just walked in the room. Say hi. Hey. He's got my very first grandson, so he's in good graces now. He can get away with murder right at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh, but uh, you can take it off, yeah, for a little bit here, but you got you got Owen and Amber with you. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll be in there a while. We can. I
3: didn't
1: hear you. I had no idea. All right. See you later. Alrighty. Um you need to go? No. No, we're good. Okay. All um right. yeah, he lives local. Oh, nice.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've I've been doing Euro mounts. I I, I like I like that's my favorite because I do it myself. Okay. I don't, to, I don't have to pay anybody for them. So
1: yeah, I kind of like the skull. That's what that big guy got him and. Yeah, they're pretty. That's pretty much what I do. I, I think when I go to Africa, if there's any way that I bit the bullet and shot a Cape buffalo, I would want a Cape buffalo. That's just the most aggressive, masculine looking yeah. animal on earth. You know, that, that's yeah, pretty. definitely. But, but I, I probably won't. <laughs> you know, I'll shoot them. <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have a pile of African deer horns in a corner of the room somewhere. You know, the kudu is an incredible looking animal. I I would love to shoot one of them.
2: That's the one with the long, straight antlers, right? Yeah, no, they have the
1: twist. They look like a corkscrew. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Ibex? Is that the Ibex? It could be. It, it's We're going for Impala, Springbuck, Blesbuck. Blesbuck's one with a white face. And uh, Diker, which is like a 30 pounder. So it'd be like reliving my glory days of bow hunt right? <laughs> Shooting a 30 pounder. And uh, Warthog and Baboon. Oh,
0: kudus are are really cool looking.
1: They're they're gorgeous. They're supposedly Man. really tough to hunt. They call them a gray ghost.
0: I don't know if you can see that one. There yeah. you go, Schaefer. That would yeah. make such an awesome European mount. Yeah, that would be cool.
1: And uh, what's, I've what's... got a buddy that went over and shot. Uh, um, he went over and he shot uh, an eland. Eland's like eighteen hundred pounds.
2: Yes, elands
1: That'd be another one I'd be tempted to, because it looks like you got to bring a bull on a wall of those things, you know.
2: Gem's thats what I was thinking of. The
1: okay, yeah, Gemsbuck's bucks are beautiful too. What's the, what's just, the
0: taxidermy uh, I- importing exporting like? The um,
1: getting it—that's that's—I'm uh, still researching that because uh, okay, if you can get it mounted over there, it's going to cost about a third of what it costs to mount it here. Although I've heard a lot of people say that the quality is not as good, but I've seen some really pretty stuff done over there. The problem is you just went from a very compact box because they remove the horns and make them reattachable. So they have yep. a compact box. Uh, you just went from a little bitty box to a giant box that you're shipping halfway around the world. Uh, the one friend of mine that just went, I think he's, he's got 15 grand in shipping. Bull. And I'm like, yeah, no. If I get just the animals that I shoot that, that are on my list, which I'm, I'm hoping to get something bigger in addition.
3: Yeah.
1: But uh, Impalas are beautiful too. I mean, so I could be content with an Impala, probably. But, uh, and warthogs are badass looking with those giant tusks, you know. But uh, um, they removed the horns and put them in a nice little compact box. They said it should be around $500 to get it shipped back in. And that's ocean on an ocean liner, not flying it. right. Right. I, I would probably just do that to be honest with you. You know, you
0: know what? I know it's a, a ways off, but if, uh, when you do this, you should come back on when you guys get back, maybe you and your wife should come on and talk about it.
3: Oh yeah. That'd, That'd be sweet. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Yeah. That'd be fun. I, I'm yeah. the more I hear about it, the more it, it piques my interest and it. And it, it, it didn't in the past. I had zero interest in Africa. Yeah. And then start watching I Denny Sturges videos, and then I like, had no mm-hmm.
1: interest in going. And then we started talking about it. I'm like, you know what? I really want to go.
0: Yeah, it it's it, it sounds cool. It sounds like a really cool hunt.
1: Yeah, it's. I think the whole experience ought to be good. We just booked our flight, which that was a little bit of a culture shock. Our airline tickets were about twice what we expected uh, because ten months in advance, the flight sold out. Oh and, uh, wow. We got the last. There's three seats left, and we got two of them. Wow. And they were the only ones left were first class, so it pretty much doubled the huh. price. You know, fly
2: in comfort at least. I
1: mean. Yeah, yeah. And like oh, I said, oh. I'm not I'm not that young anymore, you know. And I, after seventeen or eighteen hours on a plane, uh, I might be thankful to have a big recliner seat instead of a cramped little.
2: Yeah, I'd say uh, so. I don't,
1: How long don't is it? Fifteen? Well. Is it
0: fifteen hours?
1: It's like seventeen or eighteen hours.
0: Seventeen? Oh God, yeah, yeah. I'd want a bigger seat. I get that
1: yeah but I didn't really want to spend the money, but it's like, yeah you know what it'll probably be a once in a lifetime thing, yeah, I don't know if my it mind.
2: makes it better, but you can break the the price down by hour. that might make it
1: seem slightly there better. you go yeah I like I like the way you think Caesar <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: in your wallet that way
1: yeah. that's why that's why when I buy 3 d short, that's why there's arrow hose all through them because I'm just trying to get my money's worth out of that t-
0: <laughs> right, exactly. you can shoot the butt that doesn't matter shoot the shoot at the end why you it's accidentally
2: shoot the deer
1: behind the rear shoulder. Oh, <laughs> well, that's what was available
2: on my wasn't worn out. Yeah, I mean, one on. time,
1: one time I hit a deer, and it was a pretty nice buck. And I shot. and He came out an area I didn't expect, and uh, and when I drew back and and I shot, and I thought it broke my arm. It, my lower limb hit a, hit a tree limb hard. I mean, like really solid. Oh, yeah. It ripped the bow out of my hand, and my arrow went like two feet to the left where I wanted. And I hit him right in front of the hind legs and I was sick. I was just, oh no. And it was a nice buck. So I just snuck out of the woods and uh, I called my buddy and he, the next day we go out and look. And uh, he goes, where'd you hit him? I says, well, I, you know, I hit him. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and we're tracking. And that deer went less than hundred yards and laid down. <clears throat> we went out there. We expected to be looking all day. And it's the same thing. It's like basically walked out, walked right up there. He was laying dead. And he looked, he said, You hit him. You gut shot him. I said, No, I hit him in the vitals. He said, No, you didn't. You hit him in the guts. I said, Is he dead? He goes, Yeah. <laughs> so he obviously thought that was a vital spot, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it's a dangerous weapon we're using, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I got a buddy that uh, hunted with a uh, bear razor heads and he would only hunt from the ground and he damn near killed himself. Uh, he dropped an arrow out of his quiver one day and didn't notice it. And the next morning, walking back through this really thick brush, his arrow was knocked down and he walked right into it and he ran it right into his leg, razor sharp. And, uh, he said, he's kicking. And like, what the hell's hanging me up? And he just kept kicking and kicking. And he goes, why does my leg hurt so bad? Why does my foot feel like it's underwater? And he he cut his artery and everything.
3: Oh, God. And, uh, yeah, he was
1: all by himself, you know, a mile out into an old strip mine. And he put his belt around his leg and walked home. And he's fine. I mean, he, he healed up and everything. He was in a bad way for a little while, but oh. he walked out of the woods. Makes oh. you think.
0: I'm yeah, told it story. Was it South Cox did that? Something similar? Put a broadhead through his boot?
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, it wasn't nearly that bad. Not but, not you
0: know. an artery, but geez, I that like I heard that story. Any, anytime you hear a story like that, it's like ooh, yeah, because that could happen. That could happen anytime. Absolutely, you know, walking around with pointy objects that are yeah, sharp it, that things we, that we sharpen you know, the piss out of.
1: I dro- I dropped a uh, broadhead arrow out of a tree stand one time. I I am a big believer in putting uh, arrows. Only once. But, and um. I dropped one and I forgot I dropped it early when I, you know, climbing in the tree or pulling a bow up. Yeah. I forgot about it. And I went to climb down. I thought, shit, I don't know where that arrow was. I looked and it was pointing straight up. It was leaning against my tree step. And if I'd have gone down, I mean, it was a step or two below me. But if I stepped down, I'd have stepped right on that. And I'm like, "Uh, it makes your hair stand up.
0: Watch where your arrows are going. Yeah. It's a, it's the warning for everybody.
1: Yeah. Oh man.
2: Shafer, oh. we're pushing an hour and a half here, buddy. I know this. This has been absolutely awesome, Earl. Yes. Uh, it's
1: warm as hell. <laughs> you all guys right. are gonna you're gonna cut all my bullshit out. <laughs> no, I think we're gonna leave it in. That's the entertaining oh.
2: part. No, it's it's <laughs> been great. We greatly appreciate you coming on here. Probably. All right. Well, uh, I had fun.
1: It was a good time.
2: Awesome. Yeah. No, it's uh been absolutely great. I want you to come back we'll on after time. Africa.
1: Next- Next time, next time, I have ATAR, when I see you, instead of giving me that celebrity talk to the hand bullshit, you'll come over and say hi. <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> you think?
2: Exactly. No, me, Chris. no,
1: you were talking to somebody else. Chris, I don't think you felt good or something. Oh, no, Shaper that was well a, well I was didn't feel sure. good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shaper. Shaper, when I met you, I was talking to your dad and you come walking up. I, I told Kip, I said, he looks like he's ready to puke or something.
2: Yeah, no. You, we you, were,
1: look, you were sick or something or what?
2: Uh, my my wife and daughter were ill the week before, and I thought I had made it in the clear. Okay, and, but he did. And and then while I, the first day down there, I'm guessing it was the lack of sleep, the eight hour drive, and the 95 degree weather. Uh, and whenever my body was doing a really good job fighting, it was like, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> you chose <yeah>. wrong.
1: <laughs> I uh I walked over, shook your hand. I was talking to your dad. And- and you said, "Well, Chris is over there. If you want to talk to him," and and then you turned and walked away. And your I said, "Your dad I said he don't like me, does he?" He said, "No, nah, probably not," <laughs> or something along that line. I don't remember exact words. And I just laughed. I I, did, I knew something was going on. I didn't. Yeah, uh, he,
0: he wasn't talking to me either. So don't 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 be offended. Yeah.
1: No, was, I'm probably the, I'm I'm probably the least sensitive person you know on earth. They call me sensitivity man, and uh, I, I just you know whatever. Well, I'm I got a, I got a, I got a dog. I really don't need any more friends. You know? That's it.
0: That's <laughs> it. I'm kind of bummed I missed you, Errol. I, I would have liked to
2: have talked. I would have talked to you. I, I uh, am an individual that sweats a lot to begin with, and that was a uh, whole new level that week. That was. Oh, that's was, how I knew I was. Whatever it was was under the weather a little bit more because
1: I, I worked. Uh, I worked at that power plant, and I was. Uh, I was a white hat. I was a management type guy. You know.
3: Oh, you had the one of the junior
1: mechanics wanted to give me a hard time, so he's yelling at me in front of the whole crew, and I go, "Dave, I I can't believe you talked to me like that." I said, "Didn't you read that Christmas card I sent you?" And the rest of the crew's like, "Ooh, you sent a Christmas card!" <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he goes, "You didn't send me no Christmas card," and I said, "That's right, asshole, and you ain't getting one this year either. I don't care if you like me." <laughs> you know? <laughs>
3: oh that yeah, is i, that I is like it cool. like i said
1: i want to be i want to my default setting is i like everybody and if they don't like me back well that's just that's their loss far as i'm concerned like i i just i have a good time wherever i go like i said the world's full of really good people um like i said the pbs is full of really good people real impressive people i mean they do things the right way what i can see and uh but yeah, we just had a good time up there. Like I said, we had more fun BSing with all the people we met, you know. It was like a marathon, uh, I don't know what do you want to call it, a reunion, but not with people you didn't know before, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely a good time. I did – I, I loved, as much as I love shooting, I didn't miss the shooting as so much because we had so much fun meeting everybody and talking to everybody, you know. And, and I, I was telling everybody – I've only been a member for six months, so I'm probably not the best example. I says, but I can tell you that with one request for a chance to go hunting somewhere, I got twenty replies in one night. How do you, you beat don't. that? You know, you, you don't. No, it's, so uh, I, I did end up getting to go down south over Easter. Uh, we I brought my son's uh, Labrador down the Sporting Life Kennels to get trained while he was overseas. And I called a wildlife biologist in Alabama, and she gave me coordinates, hunt this spot. So my buddy and I went down there. We went to the coordinates. We didn't find anything. It looked like a horror movie was filmed there. And here they had uh, a professional trapper come in, and he would catch the whole sounder, the whole herd or whatever you call it, the pigs. they would just go in there and annihilate the whole pack and leave them there. So we got there like a week too late, the area. looked like it would have been good pig hunting. But if we'd have been there a week or two earlier, that's crazy. We yeah, still had fun. It was still neat to see in the woods in another, in another, I'd never been in, that, in the woods in Alabama before. So we had fun with that. So eventually awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot a pig. I'm going to end up in Georgia or Florida or something like that. And I'm going to find a pig and I'm going to shoot a pig with my bow.
0: I want to, I want to do it too. That, that's on my list. That's high on my list. So It's, it's definitely on my short list. Yeah. Just because I mean it's
2: it's a cheaper hunt I think to do out of state and and you pretty much just have to show up somewhere yeah I think so <laughs> yeah for the most show part. up somewhere and buy a dirt cheap license and call it good
1: yeah yeah tromp around through the mud and try to shoot a pig
2: yeah yep. I want to
0: hunt Georgia I, the more the, I I, I there seem to be a lot of really cool traditional archers down there um, yeah and just good good people and and there's there's hogs so lots of them
1: it, yeah it sounds like a good time
0: yeah yeah well, all right well earl thanks so much for coming on man we really appreciate it, it was
2: it was fun to get to know you and uh that yeah, was a good time yeah laugh our tails off a little bit here <laughs> that we certainly <laughs> did that's a sign of a good episode right there. Yeah. That
3: right?
0: but let's let's yeah. do this again well um when so you're, you'll be out you're gonna go out uh will you be out the first weekend
1: oh yeah more than likely absolutely yeah. cool same here yeah well i'm gonna uh, try saddle hunting again i i i tried a little bit last year yeah and i'm just a little too fidgety for that but uh i really want to hunt i met a at a at the uh at an archery thing i met a guy that has some property up north of erie in new york okay and uh, he was telling me about the uh the numbers of deer they have up there, it sounds like the hunting's pretty good. And the hunting license is not that expensive. It's only like 130 bucks. And they got well, Sunday hunting. In uh in New York, yeah. yeah. So I live very close to Ohio. It's about probably about two fifty. I had a couple farms I used to hunt over there, but though everybody I knew that I knew that had farms has passed away and the properties all closed off. And uh, I've never hunted public ground anywhere in my life, other than when I went down to Alabama. And well, I guess when I went elk hunting, that was BLM property. But I've always hunted farms, and I just need to wake up and smell the roses here and get out in public property and hunt.
0: He's got some great resources.
1: Yeah, yeah, really haven't made
0: here. Yeah, there's lots of public land in PA.
1: Yeah absolutely
0: especially out yeah, like uh in between you and i like the north central part of pennsylvania man there's there's a ton of property out there
1: uh my brother-in-law owns a camp in benazette where the elk are yep and that's uh, cool Kip area go up there. yeah it's pretty it's pretty up there if she wants to go up there next weekend here the elk i'm like it's the first day of archery season <laughs> so i don't know she's a good girl i might do it for her but uh i'll be dying a little inside just saying
2: uh, <laughs> that we all do occasionally that's right that's i'm oh, trying to no. figure out how far Either one of you guys going
1: you. to lexington next year you going to the, the biannual gathering or
2: i am not schaefer are you it is in the discussions leaning towards yes okay
1: i'm i'm fired up the day they set the tickets the they set the date kip had the reservations already and perfect yeah so we're going for sure and then Couple months after that's the big trip. So the only thing that's going to hurt that is coming back from Africa. We'll only be back for like a week, and that's with, then it's etar. Oh
0: boy, that's a bad that's thing.
1: Complicate things. Yeah, it's just
0: a lot of archery in a small amount of time.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Sounds like early retirement.
1: Oh, uh, you know what? After in two weeks here, I'm one fu away from the door. You know, I don't want to <laughs> retire that early. I'm not really ready, but. Uh, <laughs> I'll be able to. hear the yeah. wrong
2: conversation on a Tuesday. Away from it, that's oh.
1: exactly right.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Sounds like your yeah. dad, Schaefer. <laughs> that's yeah. Just <laughs> don't put your hand through a table. Yeah, he, fa- he finally pulled later. the trigger, though, Daddy. Oh yeah. Uh, How's his hand
1: doing?
2: Uh, I mean, I guess it's good, relatively speaking. It depends on how you want to look at it. I mean? Can he shoot his bow? He's been shooting pretty much since the beginning. With a, we put a D loop on his longbow. Okay, and he's been shooting with a release because he can get that to work. But as mean, he's got a he's down to a bandage on one finger. Okay, so I mean, relatively speaking, it's better. If you're talking from shooting standpoint, you know, Mm -hmm. he's still shooting a modified. You know, do you want
1: to try something neat sometime? Take clothesline and make. It depends on the length of your hand and everything. But take. uh, I did this one time when I broke my finger. Make a loop and tie it, tie, tie just like a loop out of clothesline. All right. Just the cheap shit. You know, nothing fancy caught in clothesline. Put it around your wrist. Lay it across your palm. So you're like holding it in your palm of your hand. Okay. All right. And then uh, loop it around a string and use the heel, like the, the muscle in your thumb right there and pinch it against your hand and pull that string. By, so you're holding the string like this and you hold your finger right there wrapped around. Try that.
0: Like a wrist rocket
1: it buddy it is as good as any release out there oh. and uh it, it's a very very smooth release it's real easy to do and uh it, it works surprisingly well and uh yeah it it, it you, you'll be surprised if you try it it worked really well and um one time i took a tube uh what the heck was it it was a it was wood it was a piece of wood that i drilled a hole in it and i can't remember if, if it came from something or if i drilled the hole and i don't remember now and I, I slid that over it so it made it easier to hold the rope. And then uh, one time I drew that at a deer and it broke. And I'm like, oh. that's it. It makes a noise. I'm not going to do that. It, it just made a loud crack. It didn't hurt anything. But the deer heard it and ran off. And it was it was not like it was a trophy. but It was just this probably a 50-pound deer, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what my favorite deer was? I just remember this. When I tore my shoulder up, my son Woody was about two or three years old and uh, I was off work now I never had surgery on my surgery or surgery on my shoulder but my elbow I tore the lateral epicondylus tendon off my elbow the when you get tennis elbow in I detached it and uh, it was misery so I had to have surgery and my doctor was pretty cool he said, I'm not going to release you back to work until uh, until you shoot a buck." And I'm like, dude, I'm starving here, all right? I'm not working. I don't have any income. I need to get back to work. He's like, nope. I see a picture of the buck, and you can go back. <laughs> and I couldn't go back unless I had a release. So I, I'm like, so I was sitting in the living room. It was the archery season. I'm sitting in a chair watching The Nature Nut with my son on TV. And uh, he went out in the kitchen. He comes in yelling, daddy, daddy, daddy. You got to get, look in the yard, there's a big buck, there's a big buck. And I looked out our window and clear at the end of the yard, there's a little bitty fawn just standing in the middle of the field. And I, he said, look, daddy, look, daddy, it's a big buck. It's a big buck. I said, yeah, that's pretty cool. We could shoot him in a hot, daddy, shoot him in a hot. And I'm like, you may get my bow? And he's like, yeah. I thought, well, okay. So I grabbed my bow and I, it's just the fawn, it's no big deal. And I go out there, it's out in the middle of a two acre field, you know. So I go out there and I'm belly crawling behind the ridge and I look back at the house I can see Kip and my son in the window and I got up and it, like, this thing is a fawn <laughs> it was no it was no art sneaking up on this thing it was that stupid because it was a baby you know and I and I, I' was probably like 10 or 15 feet away and I look back and I can just see his little blonde head bouncing up and down the window and I thought well I'll draw the bow and I'll tell him that I just I missed you know so I drew the bow back and I, I glanced back to the house, I could see his house, and I thought, I want my kid to see me mess up, thwack. <laughs> I felt like such an ass. That thing probably weighed 25 pounds. And uh, it ran, and it's like leaning on me, trying to hide from whatever, just bit it, you know? <laughs> what a heel. I'm going to go to hell when I die for this. And uh, he came running out, and he was so proud. And I carried it back to the house in one and I grabbed all four feet in one hand and carried it back. Our cat ate the gut pile. That's how small this deer was. <laughs> but that was probably my favorite deer. My little boy got to see me whack that giant buck, you know. Oh, and that kid was laughing. Awesome. He was dying. He <laughs> could there's a trophy. I said, yeah, I got to use a tag on a deer that weighs like a sandwich, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: oh tenderloin stuff.
1: I remember though, It was so much fun.
0: Yeah. Put those tenderloins in a hot dog bun. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Girl, that is... Thanks so much. This has been fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It it, good it's, it's good to talk to another PA guy, too. That's fun to hear, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yep. Well, keep Beautiful. in touch with us, please. And and uh, good luck this season. Keep us posted on how you do.
1: Yeah, you too, guys. We look do. forward to Like I said, I've been listening to you on the way back and forth to my job site, so um. yep all right well nice talking to you absolutely thank you,
2: thank you so much earl <laughs> talk to you later thanks See bye. You. before we close out this episode everybody just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for listening to this episode of the broken arrow also if you enjoy the show remember to check out our partners Black Widow Bows, Addictive Archery, Safari Tough, and Great Northern quivers. Till next time, shoot straight.